Women Making Waves on Cambridge 105 Radio. We have put together a programme which celebrates women. We find women who are striking out on their own and achieving some extraordinary results. I'm Linda Ness. And I'm Susie Thorpe. And we produce and present Women Making Waves. Let's talk Christmas on this episode of Women Making Waves. Now, we have featured Louise Etop before as she is the front woman of Flaming June. She is now releasing a Christmas single under the name of Eli Lilies, and you'll get a chance to hear it today. We also meet Jill Ashby, who's involved in publishing monthly puzzle books called Bright Old Sparks for people suffering from dementia. If you're looking for a Christmas present for someone with memory problems, this might just be perfect. That's all coming up on this episode of Women Making Waves. If you're struggling to find a Christmas present for someone suffering from dementia, this next chat will be of interest. Jill Ashby talks about Bright Old Sparks, a brand new monthly puzzle book for people with dementia. when your parents start showing signs of dementia. It's important to keep the brain as active as possible, but that can be difficult. When Jill Ashby's mother was diagnosed, she used her experience as a former occupational therapist to put together puzzle books which cater for dementia sufferers without resorting to using children's books. The monthly editions of Bright Old Sparks are now available and Jill has joined us today to tell us about the project. Welcome to Women Making Waves, Jill. Thank you. Good morning and thank you for inviting me. Your mum is sadly no longer with us, but she was quite a fan of puzzle books, I believe. Yes, she was. She was a sociable lady. She liked the puzzle books and in the sort of later years really enjoyed the colouring books that you can find nowadays. The normal run-of-the-mill things that we used to do was we'd go to Tesco's or go to a well-known supermarket every Friday, (laughs) do the shopping and buy a puzzle book. But what I began to realise is that she was finding difficulty with them and would go for an easier puzzle book and then an easier puzzle book until we'd actually dropped off the end of the scale. And so I looked around for puzzle books and couldn't find anything. And so uh, I bought her a a bumper kiddies puzzle book, as you do, because it had the smaller crosswords in it. It had spot the difference. It had word searches. So there was those things in it which she really enjoyed. I bought that. I took it back to uh, her home and... um, as only mothers and daughters can sometimes do, she told me exactly where to get off. It was a kiddie's puzzle book and she could yeah. recognise that. It was demeaning. Yeah. That was something that you know, I, I kind of looked back on, re- on reflection and thought, well, that was a bit harsh. But 
Oh, but it was but, well meant, Jill, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so then I took it away and recovered it, took out quite a few of the really babyish puzzles and took it back again. And she sailed through it. And so that also sort of clicked something in my brain. And I thought, ah, this is quite interesting. And so I then looked around for puzzle books for people with dementia, Alzheimer's and associated diseases and couldn't find anything. And so I thought, oh. a surprise, actually. Yes. I would have thought that somebody would have catered for that. Well, I would have thought the dementia charities themselves would have come up with something. Mm -hmm. um, but there, there weren't any. And so I thought, well, hmm. This can't be very difficult. <laughs> I, shall, uh, I shall just put one together. And so I work collaboratively with um, Chris Thomas of Milton Contact and we put the puzzle books together. And I took quite a few of the puzzles. This happened in March this year in sort of shutdown, if you like. I'd gone, went to quite a few of the care homes around because I'm based in Huntingdon. and took puzzles to try to see what worked and what didn't, what words worked and what didn't, what pictures worked and what didn't. And uh, that was really sort of interesting. They gave me feedback. I also used my dad as a guinea pig. He has, he's in final stages of Alzheimer's now. Oh. And he also was able to do some puzzles, but not others. And that is how we came to bright old sparks as a concept and what puzzles kind of worked in there what puzzles didn't and we came up with the whole project if you like of one puzzle book a month a different theme each month because we've all got certain interests we've all had past we've all had past jobs perhaps some people like cooking some people like gardening some people were into planes and boats and trains all of those kind of things so that meant that each month we have a different theme but you you say you know oh I'll, I'll I'll do them myself. How hard can it be? I would have thought very hard. I wouldn't know where to start making puzzles. Well, I suppose that came from many years ago when the world was young and training as an occupational therapist and working with people who had dementia. And what you were aiming to do, if you like, was provide activities that people could share that were entertaining, engaging, and stimulating. And so it's that kind of thing that you're looking for in the, in the puzzle book. You don't take a puzzle book and start on page one and just go all the way through to the end in sort of puzzle after puzzle. They're, they are for dipping in and out of. So, Jill, these puzzle books are out, aren't they? They are out yes. and they've been published. What's been the reaction to these, these puzzle books? Because I should think that's quite important to you as well, isn't it? As well as producing it and for your <laughs> mum especially. This is, you know, a lot of work's gone into this. The reaction's been amazing. It's absolutely incredible <laughs> because I, I kind of did it thinking, oh, yes, there, well, there's a hole in the market here and this, this could fill that, et cetera, et cetera, as you, as you do. And you, but what I put it out on Facebook and very simple kind of things and just people just cottoned onto it straight away because people can identify with it instantly. We've all been, if you know somebody with dementia, perhaps been to a care home and talked to somebody for about five minutes and then thought, what am I going to talk about now? Mm. Because they haven't done very much. They're not really interested in what you've done because yeah. their attention span is very short. And so 
you telling them all that you've done this week is probably not very interesting to them. Mm. They'll kind of sit there and listen patiently and but be looking out the window and you've kind of lost them. And so the other thing that we introduced into the puzzle books, along with the theme of the puzzle book, was conversation starters. Wow, that's a so really good idea. So there's some conversation starters, like in the food book, uh, conversation starters like, can you remember the best meal out you ever had? Yeah. Because we can all remember those. That's a great one. Can you remember your worst cooking disaster? <laughs> because we can all remember <laughs> <Yes>. those. <laughs> but it gets the conversation started. It discovers those long lost memories they're entertaining you can share them and you can have a laugh and mm -hmm. a giggle oh i think that's a great idea these conversation mm. starters because you're absolutely right and i've been there <laughs> i have been there with my mum and it's it is so hard to know and actually i found like i was talking about the past all the time because yes. she was far more able to do that talking about what you were doing this week as you say waste of time no yes. interest no no, 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 no. And a lot of people now have um, put picture books together of past holidays, of past groups of the family. And it's something that you can talk about each week. And a friend of mine who I trained with as, as an occupational therapist, she had exactly the same situation with her mum. And this photo gallery book that they'd put together Every week when she'd go and see her, at some point during the week, she'd pick up this book and her mum would go, oh, wow, oh, it was brand new. Yeah, yeah. Yet they had talked about it the day before, the day before that, and the previous week and the previous week. The first book that we produced was Food in October. November's issue is gardening. And I was doing gardening quiz with my dad last week. Uh, because there's some very old tools in there. My dad uh, was a farmer, and so he he had a lot of uh, gardening tools. And um, I was talking about these tools, and he said, oh, oh, that's really interesting. Yes, that's an old dibber. We had some of those. <laughs> and I thought, yep, I know that, because this is a picture of it. <laughs> but he didn't know, you know, it was, he yeah. didn't recognise them at all. And these pictures, are they being drawn by someone? Is that who you're working there with? Are the, the, some of the pictures are photographs, others are drawings. And uh, we also do, uh, for example, Spot the Difference. My husband, Simon, is the graphics artist behind, behind those. So ah. it's, it's a joint effort from everybody. Yeah. Ah, excellent. That's Use all tough. these skills that are about is my motto. <laughs> Jill, through all this experience, and we all know from personal experience, having to look after relatives with dementia, doing this book has, has you've sort of gone over that level of, of trying to help people. Do you, are you exhausted by it? Do you find that you've, you've reached a level you think, crikey, this, this has been an absolute achievement, but I am rather tired and I feel drained from it. Or do you feel jubilated from it? I feel part of it, part of me is really still very excited by it because of the response. Simon and I both run the electronics business for 35 years after um, leaving the health service. And uh, we were in the TV and broadcast market. And there we were making products for people that were productivity tools. 
And the thing about having a productivity tool is you don't always want to tell the people that you're working for that you have this productivity tool because it's going to cut down the amount of uh, income that you might be making from this job. So there we were in a situation where you were having to sell every single piece of equipment to every single individual, brand new each time. Here, I'm retailing product that everybody can instantly grasp and just is happy to tell everybody else about. Yeah. So that's how this product is, is getting out and about. It's fascinating mm, for yeah. me. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. I can imagine this would be an absolute godsend. But when mm. you come to start putting puzzles together, are you doing crossword puzzles and things we like do. that? We do. Crosswords, word searches, thing, spot the difference, grabs a book. To... Starting a, a, a crossword puzzle, for example. There's a piece of software that you can buy to. Oh, is and the same for word searches, uh, but you can put your own words in. Chris is the guy who does all of that side for it. So you can theme a crossword, you can find all the words, but you have to make the clues up. Mm -hmm. And that's the great thing about Bright Old Sparks is that you make the clues for your audience. So they're not too, too easy, but they're also not times crossword standard. And the same, same with word searches. For the word searches in the gardening book it was the wheelbarrow word, word search for the word search in the food book it was all around the fish and you discover kind of different things and this was what the research when I was putting all these quizzes out to care homes and to individuals is that in the early stages of dementia for example in a word search individuals can spot words horizontally going forwards they can spot words going backwards they could spot words vertically going downwards but not vertically going upwards but no way could they do the words diagonally and so that was really interesting oh, that is so you'd, you'd find things and, and this was what made the, the the books I suppose unique to the needs of our client base is mm -hmm. that you discovered things like that and thought okay fine we don't include those in in our uh, Word That's search. really interesting, actually. Yeah, hmm. it is. And do you find this is interesting, isn't it? Because I get the impression now from this book that you have produced that has perceptions from uh, professionals towards dementia. Has that given them some more understanding about people that are suffering with dementia? Do you find that they are also uh, embracing this book too? I'm, I'm working with a couple of educational psychologists over in the States because our son and daughter-in-law uh, live in New York and the friend of theirs is an educational psychologist. And so I'd forwarded her a copy of the book to have a look at to say, you know, is this of any interest to uh, over the pond? I mean, I know there'll have to be quite a few changes. We may speak the same language, yes. but we don't speak the same language. Yes, different words, yes. Exactly, exactly. And she just picked up on it and she said, this would be so fascinating to actually try out. Uh, I can see exactly where it's going. So yeah. that was really useful. And it also kind of gives people a step-by-step -step guide as to where their relative is on the scale. My experience of mine and my in-laws and other people who suffer from dementia is the various stages of it are quite marked and so it kind of gives you a, a stepping stone of oh I see we're at this stage we're at very early stages that's fine yes. we can we can work here or 
oh crumbs i didn't realize we were that that far on yeah because the thing about dementia is this in the early stages it's very well hidden people will the term used confabulate if they can't remember something they will make it up because they know they can't remember it but something happened so we'll put something in that gap in my memory and we'll just talk talk over it and yeah. so life goes on type thing and i love the title bright old sparks it's a, it's a <laughs> yes. fantastic title yeah it it really just it lifts the whole sort of response to dementia in a, in a really positive way it's like don't write us off we are still exactly. here we're human we are we might not be able to do this but my gosh we can do most things i yes. absolutely love it where did you get the title from um i was chatting to a girl that i network with and um she says i love this idea <laughs> let's sit down i'm going to help you with the title because i we've got sort of quite a few titles that really didn't work and that's what she came up with right it's brilliant brilliant yeah it does it it, because we we are bright old sparks yeah yeah exactly yeah and it's (laughs) if you like it's one of those things of you you can't can't write us off sorry (laughs) we're we're bright old we've still got plenty to offer Bringing out an episode, a fresh episode of the book every month, is that going to be a pressure in the end or are you a little bit ahead of the game at the moment? We've got a huge list. I mean, the Christmas book is, so there will be kind of seasons and so you're always going to get a Christmas book and it's always going to be around kind of Christmas. So so that's, that's an easy one to do. But you've got all the hobbies and you've got all the past jobs and professions people had mm-hmm. so there's always a title coming coming through and uh, january's is escape to the workroom which has got two sides to it which is escape to the workshop for the men and escape to the workroom for the ladies so uh, that one that one's january is coming coming down the line so there's plenty to go at and i think it really connects doesn't it this is the most what i'm just by listening to you now jill it, it just makes me think that you are connecting all the generations so you have the older generation the bright old sparks and then you have my age as well and then you go down the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren and i think it's such a lovely way of making sure as you say that conversational starter is it's fundamental isn't it when whenever you start a conversation you think where am i going to start but it's more poignant but i just think it's really just brought all the generations together is that how you felt about it as well definitely because the other thing other side of this is grandchildren will pick up on something completely different to what brothers, sisters, mums, dads will will come up with. Mm. And so it's getting everybody involved to discover those long lost memories. I was only talking to my dad yesterday and his sister came over and they were busy talking about, because Christmas is coming up and we were talking about our grandchildren and what what they were going to be having for, for Christmas, but also what they had for Christmas, what back in, back in the day, what their presents were. And they really enjoy, enjoyed and had a laugh. And it was great to share that. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. It's, it's the sharing of these memories at whatever level you're actually at. 
Do you think you're quite a sort of a laid back person then, Jill? Do you think that you take Probably. on challenges? <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel that if this doesn't work, it doesn't work and I'm just going to go on to the next project? Somebody asked me this the other day. Well, how did you feel confident enough to come up with this idea? Mm. And I thought, well, I just did. And then I <laughs> thought about it and thought, okay, fine. Well, how actually? And it was my background. You know, it was being an occupational therapist in the first place, which kind of gives you this... I'm a jack of all trades and master of none approach to life, but also then having run a business in the corporate world from starting off when I said to my husband, when we had the children, the children were very small and I was working in psychiatry and it was very difficult to get back into work and being able to just sign off at half past four and say, oh, sorry, got to go. I've got to collect the kids from the childminder. When you are talking with people and you're doing talking therapies, you can't just abandon people and just walk out the door and say, oh, sorry, I got, I'll be back tomorrow. Shall we continue then? That doesn't, doesn't work. It didn't work for me anyway. And so I then turned to Simon. His hobby had always been electronics. But he was a psychiatric nurse. He was a charge nurse at Fullborn in his day. And uh, I was saying to him, saying, you're a clever guy. Design me something that I can sell mail order from home. <laughs> <laughs> what pressure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Just, just click fingers, do it. You know, this, kind, this kind of thing. And from that, that was where our electronics business actually started from. I and mean, we made quite a lot of products that we didn't, uh, didn't sell. Um, the market wasn't ready for them, you understand. Or to put it another way, our marketing skills were zero. So, but eventually we did find some products that really did sell very well. And we ended up in the film, TV and broadcast market, which was lovely. There was a bit of the sort of stardust falls on us all at some point or other. But I suppose it was looking back on it, it was the experience of starting a business organizing products, selling products at exhibitions, having people like uh, we had apprentices and teaching and coaching the apprentices to achieve what they wanted to achieve. Kind of probably took the fear out of starting a new business, seeing a sort of gap in the market and thinking, okay, well, I've done all of those things. Surely I can do this thing. It's, it's not rocket science. It's just a, another product. Now, how can people go about getting a hold of these books i'm in the process of putting a website together but at the moment we have a facebook page called bright old sparks and um just by emailing puzzles at greatoldsparks.com comes straight back to me and uh, we can then send them out because they just go through the post well, that's and fantastic. people can have them on a monthly basis or they can set up a subscription and have one a month Jill, do you think this is an important book to, to distribute in schools at some stage as well on how to? I mean, I think children are very, very good at mm. not worrying about what they say and they go straight in, don't they? And they don't Absolutely. really have yes. to think about, is that the right thing to say? And it is rather lovely and endearing. And I think the older generation love that. They love their honesty. But from a, if you're an older student, I th is it, do you think it's quite an important book to, to for students to study as well i hadn't thought of that but yes i i can certainly see the 
I could, yeah, I, could, I hadn't thought of it, but yes, it's certainly something to Just think something. about. I mean, it, it is this thing of, uh, well, you're not going to be setting your advertising budget towards people who have dementia. They're not going to be the people that are buying the books. The people exactly. who are going to be buying the books Family. are the younger generation. And it, it may well be the children that actually see it and think, oh, this would be an ideal book, mum, for grand. You know, yeah. So it may well come that way. Well, it's just been great talking to you, Jill. It really has. You've uh, really opened my eyes, and I'm sure Linda's as well, on all the different things that are in the books. And uh, I really love the conversational starters. I think that's both got us, isn't it, with that one? It's such a great idea. Yes. Yes, Yes, because, as I say, we do sit there once in a while and we just think, what (laughs) am I going to talk about now? Well, thank you very much indeed, Jill. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you for talking to me. Jill is a really inspiring person, Susie, Mm. I think. She's had quite a few businesses. She's spent her life doing lots and lots of different things. And now she's settled this. I think this is going to be really successful. They do seem to have found an absolute gap in the market. If anyone listening has ever had close family with dementia, then you'll understand how difficult this is. And the conversation starters, oh, what a godsend. I know. know. Many, many a time I've visited friends who have been in homes who have got dementia and you never know what to say. And not because you don't love them or care for them, but you're you just, I suppose it's not understanding dementia but this book seems to just make that a whole lot easier doesn't it for everybody involved it does because what you're faced with is someone who really wants to hear from you and really wants to talk to you but they're asking you the same question over and over again so unless you can push them down a path of of a conversation that they're going to be engaged with then that's what you're going to face with they're going to be asking how is so and so over and over again and you're going to be answering the same thing and that gets it gets a little bit frustrating and, and upsetting. Yeah, maybe you'll be. Yeah, the, the yeah well, that's true. It is, it is, yeah. And I think it's, it's a difficult thing to do, you know. It and, is. And you, you, you want to be with them, but you want to be often with the person that they used to be. That's and right. You have to be with the person they are now. And that makes it, you know, incredibly difficult. Something that Jill said to us um, after she finished the interview, actually, was she was quite concerned that she hadn't given enough credence and uh, and thanks as well to Chris Thomas of uh, Milton Contact Limited because he collaborated with her in the project and uh, he, he actually helped with producing the physical book. And also Jill wanted us to mention something about the puzzles as well because the puzzles are tagged as easy, medium and hard in the books. And this is because with dementia, some days are far better than others. So the quizzes can reflect that. So if the loved ones can't do a puzzle one day, it's fine if you come back to do it another day. That's and very it was true really... actually, isn't it? People yeah. do go, they seem to, it's almost, it's almost quite cruel because you think, oh, they're fine now, they're better because, yeah. you know, they'll have really, really good days and then the next day you kind of hit by a sledgehammer again. So I, I think that the idea of having these conversation starters, getting people down a, a path that they can, that can, you can both engage in the conversation, absolutely brilliant. I love that element of it. Passing the time for people with dementia doing these, these books 
absolutely brilliant i think it'll be a huge success to be quite honest i think it will and as i said we both love the name bright old sparks it just it just says it doesn't it (laughs) (laughs) great Coming up, we'll be joined by Louise Etock. We'll be talking about her Christmas single, Christmas is the Season of Love. And a portion of the profits will go to mental health charities. Cambridge 105 Radio. In 1960s Cambridge, you might have shopped at Joshua Taylor, gone roller skating at the Corn Exchange and seen the Beatles perform live at the Regal Cinema. On Sunday mornings, John Gannon takes you back in time with hits and memories from the swinging decade. John Gannon's 60s scene, Sundays at 8am on the station that's live and local. Cambridge 105 Radio. Looking to buy a new home this summer but it feels out of reach? Then getting on the property ladder just isn't an option for you. Think again. New homes in Haverhill and Cottenham are available now with shared ownership with your mortgage deposit as low as from £4,000. The final two and three bedroom homes at Bower Place and Boyton Place also have exclusive incentive packages available worth over £2,500. With £1,000 shopping vouchers, £500 towards your solicitor's fees and three months rent free, book your viewing today to find out what's on offer. Reserve from just £99 and find your new home this summer. Think shared ownership, think Complete Moves. Visit complete-moves.co.uk or call 020-3640-7111 today. Terms and conditions apply. Need dropping off at work? Missed the bus and must make that urgent appointment? Need picking up after a night out with your mates? Panther Taxis is your Cambridge-based taxi firm with over 700 drivers, offering great rates and local knowledge, ensuring you make it quickly and safely to your destination. We don't inflate our prices at peak times, and all our drivers accept payments by cash or card. Book your taxi the easy way. Download our free Panther Taxis app through your app store and start booking your taxis on the go. Call Cambridge 715715 or see panthertaxis.co.uk. Panther Taxis, your local quick, reliable and friendly taxi company in the city. Cambridge 105 Radio Women Making Waves on Cambridge 105 Radio. We have featured musician Louise Etock on Women Making Ways before and we are delighted to have her back talking about her new Christmas single. Louise Etock, you're passionate and you are an indie folk singer-songwriter under the name of Flaming June Band and that started in 1995 with various fantastic lineups. Now your band is no stranger to success. You and the band have been on the BBC's Music Airplay, won various awards receiving praise from prestigious authors and you've supported Big Country, Eliza Carthy, Ed Sheeran and many, many others and sang at 
fantastic festivals all over the place. Now, you've formed a band, and I cannot believe I'm saying this, the word Christmas. But wonderfully, you are releasing a comedy Christmas single with a mental health focus. And you'll yeah. be making a donation to charity in the new year. Now, I have to say it was a couple of years ago when we featured you on Women Making Ways, and it's an absolute pleasure to welcome you back, Louise. It's lovely to be back, and thanks for such a lovely intro. It makes me makes me sound quite successful. I'm not used to that sort of... <laughs> <laughs> well, you are, Louise. You, in all eyes, you are. You are. So, <laughs> why a new band, and why is comedy part of this single? OK, so, I well, I didn't really want to release it under Flaming June because it is... It is kind of a one-off and it's something sort of separate from the Flaming June kind of stuff. And it's a song I wrote 10 years ago after a particularly awful year. And I was in a bit of a bad situation. And uh, with me being me, I, I, I can't take things seriously, even when things are serious. So um, I kind of wrote that song to make light of my situation, although there wasn't really anything to make light of in hindsight. But I had to find a way kind of through it and a way to express it and uh yeah it came out in that song yeah christmas 10 years ago 10 years ago so this uh -huh. is this is extraordinary and and it's amazing with singers how you, you're like poets aren't you you are poets singers you write songs you you keep a sort of a log of what you've been through and then you can retrieve and go back into it can't you and, and definitely and it. yes and and you know and if you're like me and you don't learn from your mistakes you know, I've, I don't need to write new songs anymore. I kind of just regurgitate the ones I wrote last time I made that mistake. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Well, it's a great so, uh, single. It's it's lovely. I mean, we we've been been lucky enough to hear it. You're called the is it Ellie Lilies? So it's the Eli Lilies and uh, Eli. <laughs> yes. Well, I think that's how they say it. But it's based on um because I like everything to links. So it's based on the pharmaceutical company, Eli Lilly, which is spelt differently. The Lilly bit spelt differently. But they were the first company to manufacture Prozac in the 1980s. So the band name kind of links to the subject matter, I suppose. So, yeah, we wanted to uh, to make... Well, we couldn't think of a band name, really. That was the main reason. And Andy thought, that, that links, that, that's it. <laughs> But it's like the history, you know, the history of antidepressants is, is uh, you know, it's very modern. It, it's only really since the 80s that certain medicines have been available that have revolutionised, really, the treatment of mental health. And it, and it is actually only very recently, if you, like the 80s, that's no time, is it? So, yeah, so I wanted to link to the history of treatments, I suppose, through the band name. And of course, people are suffering at the moment, aren't they? With mm. lockdowns and, and COVID, which is frightening people as well, in case they catch Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's... Is it very relevant uh, to do this at the moment? Well, I hope so, because, um, you know, Christmas, although Christmas is obviously a lovely time, um, can be, it is also a very difficult time for a lot of people. And hopefully this kind of tongue-in-cheek song, which is tackling a serious subject, but it is hopefully funny, I'm hoping it will bring something that people can relate to and sort of lift people slightly because obviously 2020 has not been a great year and uh you know christmas is tough for some people anyway and with corona and everything else i can imagine that a lot of people will find christmas pretty tough this year so hopefully it'll be a bit of light-hearted fun that people will relate to oh, you humbugs, sitting at home thinking christmas is so commercialized now oh, you humbugs, sitting at home 
It's extraordinary this year, as you say, the pandemic and COVID, because mm. it's like no other year we've ever experienced because the whole world is experiencing this COVID. And I suppose it's a great opportunity. So for you at Christmas time to be able to put this out, because you, mm. you've, you've got to hit that button, haven't you? Absolutely. And uh, sort of, uh, I remember because I was talking to Matt, who um, plays the bass on, on this recording, and we was, it was around October time and we just said, look, you know, this year has been so awful. Can we not do something positive? What can we do? And and I've talked to him over a number of years about recording it. And we just went, let's just do it. Let's just get it in the diary and do it. And luckily we recorded it the Sunday before we went into this lockdown. So we just got it out the way. Otherwise we wouldn't have been able to do it. So sort of worked out pretty well. And you've got a video as well, haven't you? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Our zero budget video, honestly, it was hilarious. <laughs> we went to the studio and we filmed the video before we actually recorded most of the song. It was just like we were laughing about the irony of that and that how in the modern world, you know, actually the video is probably more important than the recording because everything's so <laughs> visual, you know. But yeah, so we got there and I'd, I'd recorded part of the song at, at home, which saved loads of time. And we just mimed to that, got the video done and then recorded the song and then, yeah. But, yeah, the video is very low budget, but I think I enjoyed making it. As Linda said, we watched the video. We love this song. It's just fantastic. It's really catchy as well, It is. It was stuck in my head for ages afterwards. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Yes. (laughs) But what I I loved about this, Louise, I think you've gone very trendy. Well, you are trendy anyway, but the the box that you have used, I call it the box because it is a box, isn't it? It is a box, yeah. (laughs) Well, I've seen it on one other place on a, a... a clothing company where they've made it very sort of modern. So you've you've touched on that. I think you've hit it. You're very forward thinking. Well, you know, this is all by accident because I'd never been in that place ever. And uh, we rocked up and you know how some days just go brilliantly and like it couldn't have gone any better. Um, you know, the video looks okay. And it, it looks like we're in a kind of nativity as well. <laughs> yeah. It's got, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's got it's that great. little nativity thing. And yeah, I've never been to the place before, but it couldn't have worked out better. And there were chickens running around. It was just, it was just chaos. Fantastic. Um, I, yeah, I don't mind a bit of chaos. So. <laughs> <laughs> and are you planning any live gigs before Christmas? I know that's a tricky well, thing to ask. That is a tricky thing. We'll, we're just going to see what happens with this, I think, because... Obviously, it would be nice to play it live. It would be fun to play it live. But we're just going to see what happens and hope that people take it in the right way. Because that was a kind of concern of ours that some people might be offended by it because it's kind of making light of something serious. But my daughter pointed out to me that as I'm writing it from my own personal experience, that kind of negates any offence that someone might mm. take. She told me. She's 17. I think she. the, the young people yeah. know, don't they? The youth they, know. Usually. Absolutely. Yeah. They're always yeah. on trend, yeah. aren't they, with that yeah. kind of idea? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So she said to me, no, because it's your personal experience and so no one can kind of say anything because that's your personal experience. I'm like, I like that thinking. I think the history of your writing, which is super, we both feel that very much, Louise, about your writing and your lyrics and the music that you make with your band, your current band, and then this new band at the moment as well. But you you pick up on a lot. I mean, your, your sort of motive, I suppose, in many ways, maybe I'm wrong here, is events, movements. You want to highlight things. And, and, and that's 
been part of your songwriting, hasn't it? It has, yeah. And I think uh, when you have sort of strong experiences, um, especially if they're negative, I think for me, music's been a brilliant vehicle to turn that around into a positive. And obviously, you, it'd be lovely to go through life without any adversity, but that's not how life is. And, and definitely one of my sort of healing strategies, I guess, or coping strategies is to write songs about things that have affected me. Um, and that definitely helps me. And then I think, okay, well, then other people can relate to that experience and it brings people together. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's that's the powerful thing with music for me is is that it's better you know you don't know how someone's going to relate to what you've written, and it's really lovely to get messages you know from this. I, I wrote a song called Nerves of Steel, which I think is the one I've had the most messages about, and and people have said you know that song gave me strength, and that's really touching to yeah. to hear that yeah. from people. Yeah. Yeah. No, music is a great way of exploring things that you wouldn't say in normal conversation. Oh, this is the thing, yeah. This is <laughs> yeah. the thing, because I, yeah, because you can't communicate. I guess it's expressing emotions that you can't communicate over a coffee with a friend because they're just too pow- They're too powerful yeah. or they're too intense. You know, it's not appropriate. So. Yeah. You kind of like put them in a song and, and get it right. out there. That if you yeah. were, if you were to spout lyrics over a cup of coffee with a friend, <laughs> oh my goodness, absolutely. What's <laughs> no, in the was. coffee? They'd ask. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or some of the themes and the the imagery behind some of my songs, people would be like, "What? What? Now, <laughs> what are you thinking?" <laughs> we first met you in 2018 at the start of actually our women making waves, and you wrote the fantastic song the Women's Battalion that was written to commemorate the UK uh, vote for 1918, uh, for first vote for women 1918, to salute those marching. Mm. Now, the the thing about that, you've been quoted in a music review, particularly about that song. And I've just got to read this out because I love this bit. It says, Flaming June has a fire in their hearts that lights up the Women's Battalion with soul and substance. And listeners will surely join their musical march and feel the passion in their boots. There is a hunger for women's music and flaming june it offers a feast i thought that was wonderful oh that is lovely you would have framed that (laughs) i should tonight that's really nice (laughs) oh that's amazing well it's true it's absolutely true and i've been stalking your facebook i don't know why i did it but i have to you know linda does it so i'm gonna do it oh yeah (laughs) but you you say in october you put up a post when it said five years ago we supported the big country at the oh yeah and i crashed my car and wrote it off two hours before the show and you say it still cracks me up i love your honesty it was, it was, yeah, it was, it wasn't my fault either. I need to, uh, there was oil on the road oh. and I just drove into the back of this mini. I'm hoping and, you're right. You were all oh, right. Oh yeah, everyone was all right. No one was injured. I was about, literally, even though I just crashed my car, all I was thinking was, I've got a gig at the apex. I've got a gig at the apex. How am I going to get there? That's all I was thinking about. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, I, I kind of like just got, I didn't have time to panic or think I've just been in a road accident. I just, my mum said, have my car driving that. And I kind of, yeah, I left my car there for my poor dad to sort out. Cause I was like, I've got to get to the apex dad. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> the show must go on. The life say. and times of sinners. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the lineup um, for Eli Lilly's, is, is, it, mm. is, is it effectively Flaming June? Is it the same? People? No, it's different people. So um, I, uh, a good friend of mine who I used to work with um, in the 
when we were teaching. I've known her for maybe five years now. Her husband, Matt, plays in a band called The Numbers, plays guitar, bass. And because I thought this is kind of like, it's a more of an indie rock song and it's very simple. I just I just said, look, would your drummer record it? And, we're, and he was like, yeah, absolutely. So I just got together with uh, Matt and Toby from The Numbers and then my friend Krisha and her daughter, Sophie, did the backing vocals. So it was very kind of like, come on, let's do this. And I love people who say yes, you know, people who are like, absolutely yes. You know, no no question that they weren't going to do it. They were like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do something positive. And uh, and there we had it. Yeah, so we went to uh, Blue Barn Recording Studio. Really good guy, Chris there. Thoroughly recommend him. He did a brilliant job. Oh, no, it's a wonderful idea. And I, I, I think it's great that in and making donations and making donations, I think you said, to mental health charities in yeah. January. Is that part of this De- as well? Definitely. Yeah, that's a that's a massive part of it. Um, we wanted to um, a lot. We wanted to raise money for a specific charity, but a lot of them have um, kind of con- not contracts policies where unless they've created the uh, content, they won't put their name to it. And I can understand that. So we've, we're just going to say we're going to make a general donation to mental health charities in January. And that's that's the point of releasing it. Well, hopefully to make people smile and and to support mental health charities, because I think like with COVID, you know, there's I don't think mental health uh, provision is particularly brilliant in this country anyway. And no. I think with COVID, it's just adding to that pressure. So we want to support those who are trying to sort of bring you know get people help when they need it no no you're absolutely right they struggle anyway but mm. they must be overwhelmed at the moment they absolutely must be and you know the thought of somebody not phoning and, and someone not being able to answer that phone that should never happen should it it's another peak time really for loneliness and much as we love christmas we must think about people who are not going to have a good christmas quite frankly absolutely and you know christmas has that double edge side i think anyway because you know, it's obviously it's time of celebration, but you know, you remember the people that aren't there as well as the people who are, and and you know, it can be a tricky time. You, you're forced to spend time with people. Not in my case, my family are lovely, but some people <laughs> yes. are forced to spend time with people they would probably rather not be spending yeah. time with, etc. Uh, so it does come with its stresses and and organising. I mean, I'm absolutely terribly disorganised, and um, I get very overwhelmed by Christmas by getting everything done in time. And yes. I find all that very stressful. Me too. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it does come with its stresses. But um, but I think the thing about the song is that the, the bar humbugs in the song are not the people who are depressed or have mental health problems. They're, the, they're those who choose to be miserable about Christmas, yeah. you know? Yeah. And actually, the people with mental health problems or issues who have got support, they're actually quite happy. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. Yeah. <laughs> so the the song, when is it going to be released? Louise? Well, we we haven't quite decided yet. We're just we we're, we're deciding whether we just release it and see how many we sell, or the second plan is we release it Christmas week with pre-order links up till then, and like see see how far we can get with it. So we're, we're not sure. I've been talking to Paul Richards. You, you probably know Paul Richards. We do, yeah. Yes, So because I'm learning drums. This has been my positive of 2020. Oh, wow. He is teaching me drums, and I was chatting to him. Well, we chat through most of my drum lessons rather than drumming. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was talking to him about when would be best to release it. So uh, we haven't quite decided. We haven't quite decided yet. But it will be 
it'll either be the 18th of December or before. Louise, it's been fantastic to talk to you. We're yeah, always really delighted to talk to you, how you write your songs, your whole story. It's fascinating and it's very, very, well, it's just humbling to be able to talk to you about it. So well done. Thank oh, it's you. lovely. Thanks yeah, for having me. It's been brilliant. Thank you. Sitting at home with no tinsel on your tree Oh, you bumbugs Sitting at home who haven't bothered with turkey Oh, you bumbugs Sitting at home thinking Christmas is so commercialised now Oh, you bumbugs Sitting at home Christmas can be fun and I will show Women Making Waves on Cambridge 105 Radio. That's all we've time for in this edition of Women Making Waves. We'd like to thank our guests Louise Etock and Jill Ashby. If you know of a woman who's making waves, we'd like to speak to her. You can contact us via social media on Twitter and Facebook at WomenMW or on Instagram at Women Making Ways Radio. You can also find us on cambridge105.co.uk or visit our website, womenmakingwaves.co.uk, where you can hear all of our interviews. Women Making Waves is a jibber-jabber production 